1: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad
2: Bouchard winds up rips it scores Evan Bouchard overpowers Jonathan Quick and the Edmonton Oilers have a 3-1 lead
1: the Bush bomb for the win. Evan Bouchard, the game winner at 4 0 1 of the third. The Oilers take another one, six in a row. A 3 2 decision tonight over the Los Angeles Kings. So the Oilers now three points ahead of LA for second in the Pacific Division with a game in hand. Connor McDavid, two points tonight, a goal and an assist. That point streak goes to 15 games and the Oilers are 19-7-2 under Jay Woodcroft. They have won six in a row for the first time since December 2nd to 14th on 2015. I might as well get it out there right now. The last time they won seven in a row, it turned into what would be a nine-game winning streak franchise record back in February and March of 2001. Thanks for staying up tonight. Mike Smith, very good as well stops 31 out of 33 on the road trip he goes 3 and 0 and stops 93 out of 97. Let's go back to LA.
3: Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. i Went tonight, uh, what did you see from your group? Yeah, I thought it was a
4: complete 60-minute effort in terms of um finding a way to win a game. I thought our first period was excellent. We played fast. Had a little bit of a hiccup after uh, we gave up a shorthanded goal there, uh, but we got it back on the rails the last uh, six or so minutes of the second period, and I thought it was a competitive third period. So all in all, uh, we found a way to win in a tough
3: building. You talked about allowing a shorthanded goal, uh, but you still ended up going with the first power play unit with about four minutes to go. Take us through that.
4: Yeah, I I thought that was um, an important um point in the game number one Uh, i thought it was uh a chance for me to show belief in that unit uh they went out they created a few chances um you know and i was comfortable with their defensive awareness in that situation uh they didn't score a goal but they uh they were dangerous so uh more than anything i wanted that unit to
3: feel my my confidence in them uh, six straight wins for your club after tonight. You guys have only allowed 13 goals during that stretch. Can you talk about the team's commitment level to that side of the puck recently?
4: Yeah, I think we had a tough game there a few weeks ago in Calgary where we gave up way more goals than we wanted to to give up. Um, we have players that are passionate about playing the game the right way. Uh, they put the necessary work in to execute, and uh, they have a lot of pride. Uh, so you go back to six games, but I just look at this this road trip here. We gave up four goals in three games, and three of them were even strength. So there um, are actually two of them were even strength. So that's uh, that's a good sign for us as we uh, kind of navigate our way down the stretch here in the month of April. And um, you know we're going to need that
3: commitment and that mindset.
4: Um, because we're playing some really tough teams here.
3: First three-point night for Evan Bouchard factored in on all three goals tonight. Can you talk about where his game has evolved, especially over the course of this season?
4: Yeah, he's gaining a lot of confidence. Not that he ever lacked confidence with the puck, but I think he's doing a lot of uh, really good things defensively. I think there's a chemistry between him and Duncan Keith. Um, Some of those plays he made tonight were were big league plays. They were... uh, you know, move the puck well, and obviously got a shot through from the point in the third period there, and that's what he does. So, uh, quite quite pleased for him
3: personally, and and pleased for our team. You talked about what he does, but his ability to get his shots through yeah. seems like he has a knack for that. Yeah. Can you talk about that? And yeah, that it's a, skill. It's almost
4: like his, the pucks he shoot have eyes. Yeah, uh, they find their way through shot blocks, uh, and they give goaltenders problems. Um, you know, I've had the fortune of seeing Bush since he first entered our organization. Um, and I've seen him in playoffs in the American Hockey League. I saw him in his first full season as a professional player. Uh, he's someone that uh, I take a lot of pride in, in having worked with and uh, having him come through the program, so to speak. And uh, he's someone who um, does a lot of really good things on the ice. So I'm happy for him that he got that goal tonight.
3: Another great performance between the Pipes. Mike Smith obviously kept yeah. your team in, especially in that second period. Yeah. Uh, 6-1-1 in his last seven starts. Was, has anything changed with him or in terms of like just turning the season around? Because he's admitted it's been a tough season mm-hmm. at times, but recently he's been able to string together some good performances.
4: Well, it's funny because I don't think confidence is anything tangible. Uh, I think you earn the right to feel confident. And for Mike... Um, he's earned that feeling because he's put the work in uh he's put the work in in practice certainly putting the work in in games and um you know his puck moving ability is elite uh but he's made some big saves for us at the right times and uh it's a credit to all that work he's put in because he's earned the right to feel confident
3: question from terry jones back home he asks uh the importance of home ice advantage obviously this is a potential first round matchup just the importance of having that.
4: I would say Terry you're looking so far down the road here we're looking to enjoy this win for the next little bit and uh, and then we're gonna have a good travel day tomorrow we're gonna rest up and our focus is not on home ice advantage it's not on what other teams in the Western Conference did it's on the day's business and I'm confident that um, if we put the necessary work in and we have the right focus that Uh, results and home ice advantage all that kind of stuff that stuff takes care of itself so uh, our focus is on just making sure we're taking care of our business day in day out this current 15 game run that McDavid's on is there any difference between the first run that he had and now this one well uh, I wasn't the coach in the in the the first one so it's hard for me to speak to that run uh, early in the season for him Uh, I can just tell you that um, all the the offensive numbers that you see in there they're stunning Uh, those numbers are that doesn't happen every day it's a credit to his uh god-given ability his uh level of concentration his ability to execute that's what that's a credit to what i focus on as a coach and and what i get to see is a lot of the really good defensive plays that he's making Um, he's driving us forward sure with his offense but he's also driving it uh, with his attention to detail on the defensive side of things and uh, when your captain does that when the leading scorer in the national hockey league commits to playing like that i think it resonates with the rest of the group and becomes a contagious type attitude i mean late in the season six straight games with a goal now and you know, it just, it, it, it's in a close playoff race like this, mm-hmm. it, he's really putting it at another level. I yeah. mean, we've,
5: we've seen great things from him in the past, but this is in
4: another yeah. gear. Yeah, I mean, hes I think uh, he's earned the reputation uh, that he has for a reason. It's because he rises to big moment occasions. Uh, and as I said, he's driving our team right now with his... 200-foot play, not just his offensive play, but his 200-foot play. Um, it's elite. Thanks. Thanks James. Thank yeah.
1: That is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft as the Oilers get a three-two decision tonight over the Los Angeles Kings. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's 11:30 Oilers Hockey presented by Friesen Brothers along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, first of all, Rob, goaltending has been such a huge discussion point all season long. A lot of times, you and I and many of our callers have been critical of it to varying degrees. Uh, but for a lot of the season, it's been recognized as a weakness on the team. I think you can look at the stats, and I gave some with Bob on the face-off show, that kind of since Woodcroft took over and maybe even going back to late January, the Oilers' goaltending has been average overall, maybe some off nights, uh, but it has been better in the second half of the season. And this week, Mike Smith was brilliant. He stopped 93 out of 97.
6: Yeah, I agree. I, I think in... Two of the three games, the Oilers might not have been the better team, but they certainly had the better goaltender. And Mike Smith has given them the big saves at the right moments. There's two things on on that. The goaltenders are playing better. both Both he and Koskinen have played better. But the other thing is the Oilers are playing better defensively. So there was a time when the Oilers were not getting good goaltending, but they were also terrible defensively giving up odd man rushes seemed like every shift. So they became a better defensive team. And then the goaltenders started giving them good starts. And this week, Mike Smith has given them excellent starts. Yeah, he was the star of the game tonight. He was the star of the game against the Sharks. And what they're getting is the big saves at the right moments. The second period of this game, it was 1-1. And L.A. easily could have gone up 2 or 3-1. They were they were all over the others. The shots, I think, at one point were like 17-4 to 4 in favor of the Kings. And the Kings weren't able to capitalize. And then they had that, Oilers had the one chance and they score. And that is deflating. If you're the team that is dominating a period and all of a sudden the other team comes down and gets that one opportunity, it goes in the back of the net, uh, y- your bench just, it just, this is a big sigh. It's like, how? How did this happen? And it happened because Mike Smith has been excellent. There's a reason that he played three games in a row. The first one because of illness, but he played so good, we're going to put him in the second one. Okay, now we got a g- big game against LA. He was so good in the first two, he's going to run the table. And you and I talked about it. We've been asked a number of times, if the season ended today, who would be the goalie? And for the last few weeks, we've said it would be Koskinen because he was better. But we also said that the Oilers are a better team if Mike Smith is the starter in the playoffs, playing the way he did last year because the intangible of being able to move the puck the way he does. Koskinen can't do that. And when you're playing against teams that four check hard, and whether it's the LA Kings probably or the possibility of the Vegas Golden Knights, big four-checking, hard hard teams to play against, if they can't play in your, your zone because your goaltender gets out and moves the puck out quickly, huge advantage. And Mike Smith right now is making a case to be the Oilers goaltender down the stretch and into the playoffs.
1: Yeah. That's our adjustment of the game for pro drain text for peace of mind down the line. And it's so noticeable, Robin. I, I know we've, we've seen it for you know almost three years now since Smith has been around, but it's so noticeable. And there, you know, there have been some slip ups with Smith. He's, he's not perfect, but there have been some larger ones with Koskinen and a couple of the times with the goals or chances Koskinen has allowed when he comes out of the net it's not just that he shot, he shot the puck away. A couple of them, like that one with Keith a few weeks ago, the, the defenseman gets crossed up because he's going for the puck. Oh, now Koskinen has it. Now there's confusion. When Smith is in the net, the defensemen don't even go back all the way. <laughs> <laughs> they, they peel off Whoa. and go to the corners. The center comes. I mean, he passed to Dreisaitl today. Dreisaitl had one foot in the crease of the empty net to break out.
6: Well, those are scary because if if it bobbles or if it misses, it's a wide open net. But he's that he's that confident in himself and his teammates are that confident in him that they know that, okay, the puck puck if a puck gets rimmed in, A, if and I said this to Bob afterwards, if a puck ever gets past Mike Smith when it's dumped in, then no goalie in the NHL can stop him. Because there's nobody even close to stopping the puck. Let's not even talk about the being able to pass the puck. The, the ability to get out quickly and stop the puck, whether it's up in the glass, coming hard around waist high or on the, on the ice, he is the best in the National Hockey League. And then as soon as the players on the defensive side for the Oilers see that he stopped it, they go into offensive positions. They spread out the two defensemen, both on the far corners, and the centerman comes down the middle. They get into a spot, and then the wingers go to the far blue line. They get into five different spots. that gives Mike Smith five different options. He's incredibly confident, and he's confident because he's incredibly good at it. Um, It's just um, having the ability to change the complexion of what the other team can do. You have to dump it in perfectly if you're the opposition, because if you don't, you get no forecheck. If If Mike Smith comes out and gets the puck, your forecheck is done. So all of a sudden, now you're back into defensive posture, and you're allowing the others to come at you. That's what Mike Smith does. And you can talk about he has two or three bumbles a year. But at the amount that he touches the puck, Leon and Connor have more bumbles with the puck on their stick percentage-wise than Mike Smith does because he is that good with it when he's controlling the puck. So that is, uh, if Mike Smith continues to play the way he is right now going into the playoffs, that is a huge advantage for the others if they can have him back there moving the puck out.
1: All right, so 3-2, the Oilers take it tonight. That's a $300 donation to 630 Chet Sands Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They give 100 bucks for every Oilers goal, and the total for the season now up to $25,400. Evan Bouchard, Rob, gets a goal and two assists. A couple of nice passes and then, you know it's funny i was watching the highlight and i was thinking like okay what do i always say about bouchard well he gets it through but he gets it off quick it's often just a little flick it's never a full windup okay well not quite all the time <laughs> that one he, he wound up and held it <laughs> and loaded up and, and waited till he had the screen and then just blasted it by everybody
6: Well, there was a mix-up for the L.A. Kings, and the winger that was supposed to be on Bouchard got caught down too low, and Bouchard read it. And then he got himself into a better shooting angle, and he waited till there was some traffic in front of the net. And it's funny, it it was the game-winning goal for the Edmonton Oilers, but the best thing for the L.A. Kings' playoff chances were the fact that that puck missed Philip Deneau on the way in because Deneau came out to block it, and he turned himself sideways, and it just missed his foot. If that puck hits his foot, his foot is done. He's shattered. He's done for the rest of the season. So I know that was the game-winning goal for the Oilers, but the L.A. Kings have now got their second-best centerman still for the remainder of the season because the puck missed Dano. There's no way you should be turning sideways on a Bouchard shot. But Bouchard, we've talked about it since he came into the league. He gets pucks through. He was a great offensive defenseman in junior Guys that have the type of offensive pedigree, whether it's college or junior, know how to get pucks through. They know how to slide across the line. They know how to miss the first wave. So whoever's coming up against you, you get the puck past him. And then whatever happens after, that's a bonus. Bouchard's as good as anybody that we've seen in a long time here in Edmonton. Then you add the fact that it's a bomb. Like it is a heavy, heavy shot. And we saw on that one, it went through Jonathan Quick. Quick was awesome in this game tonight, and that puck went absolutely through his glove because it was so heavy from, from Bouchard from the point.
1: McDavid and Evander Kane assisted on that goal. Evander Kane had a point and three hits Tonight, I set the line at five and a half before the game for River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement bet on it, so the total is four. It's under Rick Wins, the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Okay, you can check in on the CertainTeed Hotline. The pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. It's 780-496-0063. We'll have more post-game reaction from the Oilers Dressing Room as they win their sixth in a row, taking down the Kings 3-2. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime open line
2: campaign to the blue line for stature across to roy hit shot and that one off a stick side of the net nice save by smith off a of Kempe.
1: mike smith excellent game that's his save of the game for reface magic transform your kitchen with ease see the magic at refacemagic.ca three two the oilers win in los angeles they have won six In a row, second in the Pacific Division, now three points ahead of the Kings with a game in hand as we update the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers? Head to edmontontrailer.com. The Calgary Flames get a 4-2 win in San Jose. Elias Lindholm scores twice. He has 38. Kachuk gets his 34th. It is the Canucks winning 5-1 for the second night in a row. They beat Arizona 5-1. The Maple Leafs in overtime, 4-3 against the Stars. Austin Matthews, two goals, Rob. Highest scoring Maple Leafs season ever. He's up to 56 goals.
6: It is incredible when you think about how, how long the Leafs have been around and all the great players that have gone through there. He is having one heck of a season and I believe 60 goals is well within his reach. Seattle over Chicago,
1: 2-0. Hurricanes beat the Sabres 5-3. They've clinched Flyers down the Blue Jackets 4-1. Rangers beat the Penguins 3-zip. Montreal gets seven on the Devils, uh, Rob. Uh, I mean, both those teams having tough seasons, but really tough for the Devils lately. So seven four, Montreal wins. And the Predators beat Ottawa 3-2. That's uh, an important win for the Predators. Gives them a little more breathing room in the wildcard race. They have 86. Dallas has 84. Vegas, the best non-playoff team at 82. But Vegas has played more games than those other two clubs. So that's a quick look at it. Uh, the top of the Pacific, it is uh, Calgary 95, Edmonton 89. Calgary has a game in hand. And uh, now Los Angeles with 86. Rob, one thing I, I will say about tonight, dude, looking at the game as a whole, and we haven't talked about it a lot lately uh, about the Oilers having a poor start to a game. And I, I thought their first period was excellent tonight. They got an early goal and had tons of pressure. Oh, they didn't touch the puck a lot in the first period.
6: No, they didn't. And actually, the Oilers were very unfortunate not to come out with more than a 1 nothing lead. Uh, Jonathan Wick, a couple big saves, especially one on Evander Kane back door. Uh, no, the Oilers, uh, it's almost like a switch went on said, oh, wait a second. We're supposed to start at the beginning of the game, not once we fall behind by a couple goals. And the Oilers are a hard team to play against once they get the lead because you you get out of your game plan. If you're trailing, and especially if you're a team that doesn't score a lot, now you got to take chances and you got to force plays. And that's where the Oilers' skill takes over because they start getting odd man breaks because you force something that you probably normally wouldn't. Teams like L.A., Vegas, if they played them, the Calgary Flames, those teams... When they get a lead, they can shut it down because they can just play good, solid defensive hockey. They got good goaltending, and they feel confident. But when they're behind, that's when they have to take the chances. So the Oilers getting good starts is a big reason why the Oilers are having this resurgence up up the standings. They just they catch up against them, and the Oilers have so much skill that when you start making mistakes, they take advantage of it.
1: Uh, we, we had a caller who couldn't stay on the line, Rob, but he left a question with Kellen uh, basically saying, do you think the game plan and effort tonight against LA will be successful against them in round one once the Kings have more of their people back, more of their injured guys back?
6: Well, I hope so. Um, the LA Kings are a good hockey club. I, I mean, you don't battle for second in the division as long as the LA Kings have had with missing the number of players they've had out of the lineup. Uh, so they're good they they got solid goaltending. I thought Jonathan Quick was good tonight. Uh, they play big, heavy hockey. Uh, they don't give you a whole lot. Uh, the Oilers tried to match it. I thought the Oilers were good physically. Um, I thought the Oilers did a good job not forcing things. Now, and this is, we, we've talked a lot, uh, you and I, with, with people calling in about playing 60 full minutes. There's going to be times where the other team pushes, and you're not as good especially when you get to the playoffs, those are the 16 best teams in the NHL. And if you went around, now you're at the eight best teams. You're not going to control the play the whole time. You just can't break. You've got to escape uh, situations. Instead of giving up two or three, you only give up one. And I think that's what happened in the second period tonight. The LA Kings were by far the better team in the second period. But the Oilers escaped the first 15 minutes of that period and then were able to score a goal on a good break. And I think that's how the other's going to win in the playoffs. They have to get good goaltending. They got to get a couple of bounces, but they need good goaltending, and they're getting. So, uh, I I think in the playoffs, both teams, it's funny because we've seen them play each other on home ice over the last week or so, and you've got to see how the coaching staffs have wanted to match up, and it's more or less the same way. Both teams want to have Kopitar versus Dreisaitl, and they want to have McDavid versus Deno. So that's kind of funny that both teams feel that's their best chance of winning the hockey games, and what we've seen. It get, leads to good hockey and close hockey games. But in the playoffs, uh, the Oilers, would, I would think, be, would be favored over LA, but it would be very slight. And yeah. it's just a matter of which team gets the big save and the right balance at the right time. All right, so the
1: Oilers win at 3-2. They were 0 for 2 on the power play. The Kings 0 for 3. The power play update for Extreme Power Products, your full-line Kubota dealer with four locations, including a new one in Camaros. Check out Extreme with the next powerproducts.com. The Kings did score shorthanded. Uh, Trevor Moore early in the second period. He almost stole another one early in the uh, third period, Rob. Were, were the Oilers making errors there moving the puck up or was Moore just that sharp chasing him down the night?
6: Hey, well, I think for one, he's not a, a real known commodity. So he surprises people with his speed. And I think he surprised Barry twice tonight with his speed, uh, how fast he got in there. Um, he, he's a good hockey player. And the first one... Barry realized he was under pressure. I think it was Deneau had him, and he tried making the right play, he, but he just didn't execute it well enough. And Deneau deflected the puck, and that created the turnover. Uh, there's going to be chances. I mean, we've seen the Oilers get a number of great a scoring chances off their penalty kill lately. Sometimes you can catch the other team napping a little bit when they're on the power play because they're not thinking anything to do with defense. They're all thinking offense. You got five guys out there it's on the power play. We're going to score. So that's why when teams put out smart offensive players to kill, those guys can sometimes take advantage and get a chance, and we saw that happen tonight. All right, 3-2, the Oilers take it
1: in Los Angeles. They go 3-1 and one against the Kings in the regular season. We'll go to the Certainty hotline. We have
2: Aaron standing by. Hi, Aaron, go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, you kind of touched on them a little bit just now. Uh, for me, this team has just one glaring error one big issue that might be a silly losing turnover at some point and that's Tyson Barry kind of been hard on him since he got here and good as the offense has been like I know there's there's always the big conflict between do you want him or Bouchard in on the power play and honestly it just seems like every time Barry's on the ice he's the guy who makes the turnover and I don't know just curious what you guys think at this point uh is he is he a liability more than he kind of brings at this point in the year or at this point in, uh, in the way the team's coming along? Like, what do you guys think?
6: Yeah, well, he, we get the question. We've been asked that a lot. Yeah, yeah. well, he's their best option. There, there's no one even close. Uh, I like Chris Russell, but he's he, he's Tyson Berry. I think there's going to be question marks throughout the playoffs for the Oilers' right side if they start playing a, a low scoring. Tight checking, physical type of series. Ken Bouchard to that. Uh, Bouchard right now he's played better as of late. But he was the guy for about ten games in a row. That was the the turnovers, the getting beat one on one. He was tough. He's fighting it defensively, and he's bounced back. The last couple of games have been very good. But if and and this is what I say to the trade deadline. For me, the Oilers. What one of the things they needed was a right-handed tough, tough shutdown defenseman because if anything happens to Cody CC in the playoffs all of a sudden you're one two defensemen on the right side are Barry and Bouchard both very gifted offensively neither gifted defensively so will they will Barry and Bouchard be question marks in a, a long drawn out series absolutely
1: yeah, that's fair, and then you're you're probably playing a, a left shot guy on the right side as well. I mean, if knock on wood something happened to CC, but th- I mean, I mean that's fair, and we get a lot of, well, you know, are those two guys redundant? We've talked about that. Now, having said that, I haven't mind, uh, I haven't minded the Barry Kulak mm-hmm. pairing. So I, no, I, I mean, a caller, a, a caller called after I think Kulak's second game and said he's noticeably unnoticeable, and I think for the <laughs> most part that's been. True. Yep, I mean, I makes solid plays, uh, you know, kind of moves the puck up. So I, I don't know, maybe he's helped Barry a little bit. We'll see.
6: Yeah, I agree. I, I, there's, every team has question marks. There's no perfect team in the playoffs. Um, and the Oilers uh, are very deep up front. they got, you know, fantastic offensive hockey players. Uh, going into the playoffs, there's going to be two things. It's going to be their back end. Are they good enough and physical enough for a long series? And in net. And lately, in net has... Uh, become a positive because over the last number of games there's been games where their goaltenders have been their best players but yes barry and bouchard defensively that those are going to be question marks until they answer them but uh there i thought i think barry has been a lot better as of late error tonight on the shorthanded one but he has been better he and kulak i think have become a solid third pairing if if tyson barry is in your third pairing you're okay
1: all right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Sir Robert standing by. Sir Robert, go ahead.
2: Uh, hey guys, how you doing? Good. Well, I got a comment, or I guess it's more of a uh, uh, comment question. I'm not sure what you call it, but anyway, this is a, uh, this one's more for Rob. Um, personally, I think this was uh, easily one of, if not Bouchard's best game. Because, uh, because I mean, yeah, he got three points, but I mean, defensively, there was nothing, there was no, there was no, no, I guess, glaring mistake. Kind of want kind of wonder your thoughts on that, Rob. And then I got a couple more quick ones.
1: Just get him out quick
2: right now, Robert, and then Rob can answer it after. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, well, I mean, you know what? Obviously, you know what I, I've, you know, I've called and I've and I and I've. Uh, but, you know, and I've criticized Smith in the past and said, you know, yeah, you know, he's too old, he's this, he's that. But I mean, you know what? He's a, he's proving he's proving a lot of people wrong, including me. You know, it's nice to see. That's my first one, and I guess, uh, uh, and I guess my other one is uh, is uh, it's it's on uh, Ryan McLeod. I mean, I, I mean, like, is it, it, I mean, like, it, it just seems to me that, that that like McLeod, he just keeps getting quicker and quicker every game it's like he's uh, it's like he is he's uh he's reading the play better i guess it, it seems to me but i guess uh, i guess i'll leave it at that guys
6: um i guess first i thought bouchard was good he, he was very good in this hockey game he's always going to be good with the puck on his stick in the offensive zone and we saw that tonight and he was rewarded with it uh defensively i i didn't notice anything in the in the back end from him uh that would cause any concern he, he had a very good hockey game and he's a guy that Uh, with confidence, he he plays better. And tonight he was a very confident player. Ryan McLeod, he is the perfect fourth-line player right now for the Edmonton Oilers because he's a fourth-line guy that's going to get ice time on the power play, the second unit. He's going to get ice time penalty killing. And you can always move him up and down the lineup when you ever want to spell someone. We saw him tonight move up and take Yamamoto's spot a couple times in the game. So um, McLeod has earned the trust over his time with uh, Jay Woodcroft in the minors and what he's done over the last little stretch since Jay's been the coach with the Oilers and he's been very good. He's he's the perfect player for the Edmonton Oilers right now being on their fourth line because you don't have to find ice time for him even strength.
1: McCloud plays 952 tonight. By the way, the Oilers' uh ice time leader among forwards uh Zach Hyman playing 21 54 and uh, working very hard on the penalty kill as he often does. The Oilers win three, two over the Los Angeles Kings. Whenever they get to five or more in a game, we turn on the goal light on 630 ched.com that allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu visit jvedmonton.ca All right, we're going to get to Warren Fogel uh, in a second here, but we'll squeeze in Tom on the certainty hotline. Hey Tom, go ahead.
7: Hey, uh, I was just wondering,
2: what do you, what, who do you guys see as the uh, secret black ace that's coming up? I was wondering why, why a guy like Perlini is not getting more talk with all the goals he's scoring. I don't know if he's got defensive warts. I'm not aware of, and I just want to know what you
6: guys thought of him. Um, I just yeah, don't think question. Yeah, I just don't think he's better than what the Oilers have up here. I, I think he's almost an in in between type player. He's probably. A very 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 strong minor league player and you know can't crack the lineup at the national hockey league level i i think there'll be players that'll be called up before him if the Oilers have injury problems
1: yeah and you use the word in between type player rob um colton sevier has eight points in 14 games in bakersfield he had five and 35 with the oilers uh you know obviously Malone like I, I talk about black aces first of all we'll see how far the Condors go
6: mm-hmm.
1: uh I would throw Malone's name into the mix though just because yep. of the NHL experience and the role that they might need well, how, how I about I throw the another thing. in how about yeah. I throw
6: another name in Stuart Who's Skinner
1: that? Stuart Skinner
6: <laughs> he can't score though
1: He's no, not true. as good. He's,
6: he's not as good up front. Well, no, but he, said, up. he said black ace. He didn't that's say true. Skinner position. will be here. He'll be the third goaltender. And if, yeah, if put it this out, way, if, if the Condors are out. If, yes, if Stuart Skinner becomes the goaltender in the playoffs for the Edmonton Oilers, things have not gone right for the Edmonton Oilers. And another thing about Perlini, he scores goals. It's the rest of the things that, he, that they need. And there's other players that are more complete. And that's why those players will be up before Perlini come injury time.
1: Yeah, and he's not on either special team. Yeah, I mean no. he's a point a game with the Condors. And again, I I like what Merlini Perlini oh. did. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a, he's an awesome interview. Uh, I mean it's not oh, very good yeah. personally, but you also have to remember, you know there was there's always a reason. I, I mean every NHL team could have had him for next to nothing last year, and he and he played in Switzerland. So clearly there are some things that I think people look at his game that it's he's just. Like he I I think he's more of an in betweener than I think you nailed it than any of the other guys I mentioned. I mean, he's like a what do they call him? Quadruple A players, right? Probably yeah, too just, good for the American League, can't quite stick in the NHL.
6: Well, what he what he does best, score goals. There's just so many more other players on the Edmonton Oilers that do better. And there's guys on this team that can't score as well as him, but they do better things like hitting or defensively or Uh, penalty killing, things like that. Perlini just doesn't do what he does well enough to knock any of the players ahead of him out of a lineup.
1: Okay, the Oilers get a 3-2 win over the Kings. We are going to get to uh, everybody on the hotline, on the Certainty hotline, but we want to go back to Los Angeles. He got a big goal tonight. Here's Warren Fogle
3: a big win for your group tonight uh, in a potential first round matchup just maybe take us through what you saw from your club tonight
8: yeah you know I thought uh, we had some good moments and then some moments that uh, you know weren't as great but you know good teams find a way to win and you know I thought we really competed in the third and you know some massive saves by Smitty there to keep us
3: in it and um yeah that seems to be a common theme over the six game winning streak good teams find a way to win you guys have displayed your versatility over these last six games winning in different ways what does that say about the group yeah you know I think it's good uh,
8: you know going into the playoffs you know uh, you're gonna have to find different ways to win and um, doing that the last couple games is 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 helping us uh, get more growth as a team and you know being more mature out there on the ice and stuff like that so uh, you know, you just take it as a positive and you keep
3: moving forward. First goal in five games for you and in a pretty big moment tonight. Uh, take us through what that goal meant for you and then also the group here.
8: Yeah, you know, it was a great play by uh, Bush to, uh, you know, feed DR. And. Um, You know, Dr. had uh, no hesitation to uh, slide it over to me to uh, just tap it in. So um, it's a great, uh, great passes by both of them, and you know, I was just lucky to cash it in. Were you calling for it? Oh, I was,
3: I was yelling, I was yelling, but uh, no, it was a great play. Uh, Speaking of Bouchard, uh, first three-point night for him. Uh, I mean, first full-time season in the National Hockey League for him. Leads your team in scoring, ten goals, thirty-eight points. What can you say of his play all year long? Yeah, Bouch is a
8: hell of a player. You know, he brings so much poise and. Uh, with the puck and he can make plays that you know not many other people can do and um, he saw tonight he's got a bomb as well and when he's using that thing you know it's hard to save so um, he brings a lot to our team and you know he's just going to continue to get better.
3: Uh, Over the last six games during your guys winning streak you guys have only allowed 13 goals against just a shade under 2.2 per game do you sense more of a commitment in that area uh, of the ice from your group?
8: Yeah for sure I think uh, Woody's been kind of preaching that all year to try to stay above guys and you know, going into the playoffs, you know, we're going to have to play uh better defensively. And I think uh, as a group, we've been buying in and, you know, doing the small details that uh make us successful.
1: All right, that's Warren Fogle, double digits, 10th of the season. He scored late in the second period. That made it 2-1 Oilers. Bouchard scores 4 one into the third. That was his first goal since January 27th. Arvidsson got one back quickly for the—actually, Rob, I mean, we'll nitpick a little bit here. The, the Oilers didn't— play uh, great after uh, going up 3-1 because Kempe got a breakaway about 25 seconds after the goal and then Arvidsson scored. And then pr- one of, another one of Smith's big saves, he stopped Arvidsson on a one-timer shortly after they pulled quick. Prob- that was the Kings, really the Kings' only chance once they got the goalie out.
6: Yeah, it was, it was a big save. And the, the Kings had, when they first had the goalie out, they had a couple of good opportunities. They moved the puck around well. Uh, and then once the Oilers got the puck out, they shut her down. They got the puck in the offensive zone and Kings couldn't recover. But Mike Smith made big saves and you need that. And uh, I don't think Mike Smith is ever at a loss for swagger, but I think there's even a little bit more bounce in his step right now with the way that he's played as of late. And, and he, he talked about it uh, probably about three, four weeks ago that there's a healthy competition between him and Miko Koskinen. They like each other. They cheer for each other on. But both of them want to be the goalie in the important games. So both guys, when they get their opportunity, are proving to the coaching staff and the team that they want to be the guy when the others play game one of the playoffs. And right now, Mike Smith has put a really, really good stamp on what he's done as of late. And, and I cannot stress enough his playmaking ability, his ability to get out, stop pucks, and then move pucks up, has him with a big advantage over Miko Koskinen if they play against a team that wants to forecheck hard.
1: Okay, yeah, we're going to get to uh, Robbie, Greg, and Tony up next on the Certainty Hotline. You'll also hear from Evan Bouchard. we got to call a quick timeout. Oilers take it 3-2, six wins in a row. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line.
2: and it's 1-0
1: Edmonton. Quick start for the Oilers, 3-17 into the game. McDavid got his 42nd. The Oilers would never trail in this one, beating the Los Angeles Kings 3-2. So the Oilers are 42-25-5. and For just the second time since 1988, they get to 42 wins. They got to 47 back in 16-17. Good morning, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for staying up with us. We'll go to the Certainty
2: Hotline. Robbie go ahead
5: yeah I was wondering uh, with
2: Miko there he was rolling pretty good there and uh, obviously it makes sense why they, they got Mike Smith in there right now and want to want to get him going but uh, what are they doing on the road to keep uh, Miko up to speed and uh, also what do you what do you guys think uh, maybe Miko himself is doing uh, in the same regard? Just wondering your thoughts on
6: that. Um, well, I, I think once he got healthy, he would just be practicing with the team. They have the goalie coach will be on the road with them, and he'll spend time, whichever players don't play, they spend spend extra time with, whether it's a skating coach, goalie coach, assistant coaches, getting the work that they need to keep them ready for games. And uh, Mika will continue to be working with the goalie coach. Uh, I, he will You will see him soon. I don't know if it'll be the next game, but I would imagine in the next two games, one of them, I, well, I, I imagine they'll split the next two games, the two goalies. Uh, I don't know which way they'll do it, but Koskinen will be in quickly. You don't, He's been playing well, and they want to continue to keep him ready just in case uh, there is a wobble with Mike Smith, but I think Mike Smith, the way he's played as of late, may have slightly edged ahead of Mikko Koskinen as the starter for the Oilers, but I think they're going to play them both fairly evenly down the stretch and have them both rested for the playoffs.
1: Yeah, it doesn't sound like Miko did too much uh the first couple of days of the road trip. It sounded like he was pretty pretty yell, but yeah, just on the ice practicing and yeah, yeah, you're right, Rob. I mean maybe even we see him on on Saturday against the Colorado Avalanche. We'll see. Orders will travel tomorrow so they'll have a morning skate Saturday. Game is Saturday, uh at eight, six thirty for the face off show here on six thirty Chet. We will uh welcome Greg on the Certainty Hotline. Greg, go
7: ahead. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. I got a few things as usual. Um, just to follow up on the last caller, in my opinion, um, Smith looks a little bit chaotic in net. Yeah, he's played great, but like that cross crease save he made, uh with but uh, looked like blocker, hit under his arm was still wide open. It looks like he's kinda of slowing down a little bit, but whatever, that's not here there. But um so I if I'm correct, this if McDavid gets fifty goals this year. It'll be the first time since 86-87 that two Oilers have had 50 goals and 100 points in the same season, which is pretty impressive, if you ask me. Um, I don't think that, you know, they the hard trophy like I brought up last week, often that you should get just because he's going to get 60 goals, whatever. But what I really wanted to ask you guys about is if the refs are... I'm, I, I, I'm not crapping on the refs or anything like that because the refs have a hard job. I ref too, right? So, um, obviously, in am like... Not the NHL, but you know, like minor hockey. But you can know, I can heckle things. you? I really want. Yeah, to you, yeah, you can, and throw stuff at me too if you don't mind. <laughs> so, um, but uh, if they're going to let the stuff go that they're letting go right now, the playoffs are going to be brutal. Um, especially the non calls when players get hit in the numbers. Like I, I know Louis DeBrasco always talks about it. like that. That needs to be called every single time. Those are the hits that we need out of the game, and somebody's going to get injured. And so the stuff they're letting go when it comes to the hits and the numbers that needs to be corrected immediately because somebody's going to get seriously hurt. And, and, and that's what, unfortunately, maybe that's what it's going to have to take for the league to step in and say, Hey, look, we need to call the rules.
1: Yeah, I I agree, Greg. Thanks for calling. That's the, i know rob this is the thing you and i have debated this in the past i remember a few months ago i put a poll on twitter and what would you like to see called more slash i think i put slashing interference or cross-checking for me it's cross-checking it was almost about a third each way um but yeah that's the one that bugs me and what what game was it where i think Kane got a cross-checking penalty and then he came out of the box and mcdavid hit a player worse than Kane did but yeah. david's wasn't wasn't called um <laughs> I think one of the Oilers might have got a hit tonight that was kind yeah, of borderline. The,
6: the refing so. let everything go. I don't think there was anything to do, any violent ones that were let go tonight. There was a lot of hooking. I mean, there was one where Tyson Berry was skiing behind a, an L.A. King for about five seconds. The L.A. King bench and the fans went crazy. The one thing I disagree with, Greg, though, is the, the playoffs aren't going to be boring if they don't call penalties. They They haven't called penalties in the playoffs for the last 20 years. And the playoffs are the best part of the season. So uh, do they need to make the right calls? You and I talked about If there's a vicious hit that could cause injury, 100% call it. And if there's a goal scoring chance that's denied because of a penalty, you call it. Everything else in between can be at the discretion. But as for the playoffs, the playoffs are what it is because the referees put their whistles away. So... Uh, I, th- they yeah, won't there's be bold. It's
1: actually, I, I mean, again, and Bob brought this up for the show, like they, they, there are still a lot of penalties called in the postseason. The but Dave they don't Jackson, call everything. They, they don't call everything. There's probably yes. more they could call.
6: Oh, God. Oh, but, the, absolutely. but the
1: the number of penalties called since the year coming out of the lockout has basically been cut in half. The rates between, okay, so last year, there were 5.78 power plays per game in the regular season and 5.49 in the playoffs. So it dropped mm-hmm. slightly the previous year, the regular season had 5.95 power plays per game. The playoffs had seven. So it actually has been higher some years, but, but because the it's, games are so intense, I yes. see what you're saying. Maybe it looks yeah. like they they're, could call more.
6: They're, right? they're much more violent the playoffs are much more violent if you were there's a couple series was the Tampa Florida series last year there could have been a penalty every time someone had the puck on their stick there was it was vicious and they were calling nothing which made for it's it's highly entertaining uh it's frustrating for certain players and it's frustrating for the team whose player just got run face first in the boards there's no call but it's certainly not boring all right
1: 7804960063 we have tony standing by hey tony go ahead
6: How's it going,
7: boys? Good. I have, a, um, I have a, a couple questions and one comment. The one is I found that Yessie Puliarvi was actually doing a lot better on Nudis' line before he got injured. He was producing quite a, like more than he is right now. Like, I, you know, he's doing good and, you know, he's putting his body up there. It just seems that he's whiffing on shots that he might not want to or that, you know, he's. Not shooting as much as he want, as he usually does. I want to know your opinion on maybe benching Cassian because it just seems like he's floating on the ice, and maybe possibly bringing up Holloway. And my third one is: Do you think there's more potential? He's just getting very unlucky with Fogle. I think he's just getting very unlucky right now.
1: Um, uh, I, don't, I don't have... think they intend on bringing up Holloway in the no. short in the short A-
6: term. If the- if they decide to take Cassian out, they're going to put De- Derek Shore back in. Or they're going to Dev- put Devin Shore, Shore back in if Cassian comes out. Holloway, I mean, again, you're bringing a kid up that's got how many pro games under his belt? Not, what, 20, 25? I don't even know what he has right now, if that. So uh, they need Cassian to play like he's capable of playing. They need that element. If they don't get it from him, and we've seen where they've they have benched him. They've taken him out of the lineup. Uh, He was healthy scratch back-to-back games. Devin Shore will be the guy that goes in for that. Um, As for Fogle, uh, Fogle's been hit or miss. There's been games where he's looked – tonight he looked really good. But there's been other games where you didn't notice him. He's not as physical as I think a lot of people expected him to be.
1: Yeah, Holloway, 21 points in 32 games in the mind. And don't forget they got Archibald too, who obviously wasn't on this trip, but he will be available for the home games. So, Yeah. We also have Darren. That's funny. I did, I did forget oh, about sorry. him,
6: too, as you said that. I'm like, oh, yeah, that is. There was someone well, else. who's was Who the other guy? He's
1: been scratched for games he was eligible to play at home, which was interesting. But, yeah, I don't I don't think Holloway's in their short-term plans. But, you know, Black Aces, again, you never know
5: mm-hmm.
1: what, what could happen if they go deep in the playoffs. We have Darren standing by as well. Hey, Darren.
5: Hi, Reed. Can you guys hear me well? Yes, sir. Awesome. Um, I just had a quick take. I'd like to get Brown's, uh, Brown's opinion on it. Um, I only caught about five minutes of the third pier today, but it was kind of all I needed to see from uh, protecting a lead standpoint, and it just had to, have to do with the Oilers' uh, forecheck starting when... So I saw it on a dump-in, and their defenseman has full control behind the net. I found the Oilers under Dave Tippett, um, we also were chasing a lot of games, but even when we're protecting these, there's a lot of chasing the defenseman out from behind the net, and it's an automatic five-on-four breakout, and NHL transition these days is obviously super quick, and then it seems like we're chasing the puck. I noticed um, the first forward is forcing the defenseman to their off side, so a lefty they're forcing to the right-hand side, righty they're forcing to the left-hand side, and then they're automatically breaking out on their offside, and it's, like, I saw a bunch of breakouts just disrupted based on a guy making a pass on his offside, and then we're just right back transitioning the other way. I just wanted to get Brown's opinion on the Woodcroft coaching style that way compared to Tibbet.
6: That's a good yeah, question. Good, yeah, really good points. Uh, so the way you're taught when a, someone has a controlled breakout, you go stand, you always stand in front of the net. You don't chase, as you, as you said, because then you're, once you're chasing, they do have a five on four. You always want to keep the puck and the guy that you're defending against in front of you, between you and your own net. And the other thing is when he's behind the net set up, you stand on the post that you want him to stay away from. So you always look which hand he is. You, don't, you never want him coming out on his proper hand because as they step out, then they can make a long pass because they're on their forehand, and they can snap it up anywhere they want, and all of a sudden they can beat the forecheck. So you stand on that side, and as you said, you force him to the backhand. Now it takes away a lot of his options. It usually cuts the ice in half, and now you're more or less forcing him to go to that one side with the pass, and that's how your forecheck is set up. So you have really good observations, and the Oilers are doing it better. I think the biggest thing is I'm not sure Dave Tippett's uh, style was always wrong, I think there were some times that there wasn't a buy-in. And I think the buy-ins here right now, a coach loses his job, you're like, okay, maybe we better start doing this the proper way. So uh, Woodcroft's come in with some great ideas. The Oilers have bought in very well, and they're having success with it.
3: 3-2 win, the guy who got the game winner, Evan Bouchard. Here he is. Evan, uh, a three-point night for yourself. You're first in the NHL. Just maybe take us through what goes through your mind when you hear that.
0: Uh Obviously, it's uh, you know a great feeling getting that, but uh, no, more importantly, we got the win, and uh, that's really all that matters right now.
3: When you think about the importance of a game like tonight, a potential first-round matchup, you guys were only separated by one point heading into tonight, yeah. and you factor in all three goals, that's got to be a pretty pleasant feeling.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, coming into it, we knew we had to play a solid game against uh, LA. We know the way they want to play, and it's uh, you know they've been really strong recently. So, uh, like I said, it's good to just come out with the win here. You sweep the Californian
3: road trip, six straight wins, and the team just seems to be buzzing, especially on the defensive side of the puck. You guys have only allowed 13 goals in the last six games. Can you talk about the team's commitment to the that side of the
0: puck? Yeah, it's a big focus of ours. Going into playoffs, you uh, you got to be really solid defensively, um, and it helps when our goaltenders are standing on their heads, and that's what they've been doing for us recently. And, uh you know, it's really showing it's paying off for everyone.
3: You talked about your goaltenders collectively, but Mike Smith, I mean, just the last stretch he's been on, obviously he's admitted it's been a tough season at times for him, but 6-1-1, his last seven starts, talk about the play of him.
0: Yeah, numbers don't lie, I guess. It's, uh, you know, he's been unbelievable for us. He's making those uh, big saves, you know, the the way he plays the puck is incredible. You saw last game, the kind of giving us that game winner, and, uh, you know, I can't say enough good things about him bouchard
1: goal and two assists mcdavid a goal and an assist point streak is to 15 games his longest in his career is 17 that was earlier this season the oilers have won six in a row for the first time since december 2nd to 14th 2015 the last time they won more than six in a row it was in february and march of 2001 when they got to nine they will try to get it to seven When they take on the Colorado Avalanche on Saturday, face-off show here on 630 Chad will start at 630 and the game will commence at 8. Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. Get more on the team on 630chet.com, globalnews.ca. Oilers hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, had a long shift today. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers, three points clear of the Kings in second place after tonight's 3-2 decision. Good night.
6: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.